We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? How's everybody doing? Hope everyone's having an awesome day. It is Sunday. May 7th, as I record this, uh, I'm still on the road back home for the weekend in San Jose. So that's why I don't have my, my normal setup. But uh, the news doesn't stop. And we have a whole lot to get into in today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to talk some ducks with us. We are live on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus, as well as on Twitter at M Torres Sports, going to be breaking down the latest commitment for Dan Lanning and the Ducks in the 2024 recruiting class. If you guys are here on YouTube, go ahead and hop into that live chat. Let me know about your thoughts uh, about and uh, about Oregon recruiting and your reactions to this commitment for the Ducks on the recruiting trail and where kind of the Ducks are at because that trajectory for Oregon and Dan Lanning, way, way up. Uh, you know, I posted a little GIF on, on Twitter with a, like a little stock emoji thing uh, talking about recruiting run coming for Oregon. And I think that could very well be the case. So we're going to be breaking down this commitment from all angles, like we always do uh, here on the pod on Ducks Dish, as well as on DucksDigest.com. A couple of stories that I just wanted to plug, uh, the main one being the class impact story by myself and Colin King over there on Ducks Digest. So if you want to read about what this one means, definitely go ahead and, and check that one out. Uh, but this should be a um, should be a fun episode. So excited to have you guys along. And uh, we're also going to have a mailbag portion kind of at towards the end of the podcast. The back half is, is kind of what I've been doing lately. So like I said, if you have those questions or comments, make sure to pop them in the live chat. So the newest commitment for Oregon in the 2024 recruiting class comes all the way from the state of Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland, St. Francis Academy quarterback Ifi Obadegwu has committed to Oregon, announcing his commitment to Dan Lanning and the Ducks on Sunday morning. He becomes the 11th commit in Oregon's 2024 recruiting class. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a breakdown here just about Ifi and, uh, you know, what what the ducks are getting right so if he measures in at six foot one 185 190 pounds uh like i said he plays at st francis academy in baltimore maryland and then on the 247 sports composite he is a four-star recruit 
uh, 0.9517, ranked the number 99 player in the nation and the number 11 quarterback in his class and the number two prospect in the state of Maryland. And with Ify Obadegu's commitment, he now becomes the new headliner in Oregon's 2024 recruiting class. Uh, just hardly inching out Jordan Anderson, the 2024 wide receiver commit out of Newport Beach, California, Newport Harbor High School. Uh, he's a .9500. And then Ify is a .9517. So another blue chip talent for Dan Lanning and the Ducks here in the 2024 recruiting class. Like I said, I don't have my normal setup, so I'm unable to put film on the screen for you guys in this episode, unfortunately. But I definitely wanted to get on here and, you know, break this commitment down for you and, and share my two cents on what this means for Dan Lennon and the Ducks, um, who are really heating up now, right? You had the spring game last weekend. You get a couple of commitments in the fold with 2024 Phoenix, Arizona, Sunny Slope quarterback, Luke Moga, Casey Kelly, the former Ole Miss tight end. He transfers into Oregon, announcing his commitment to the Ducks last weekend. And then things were a little bit quiet coming out of the spring game, right? I think a lot of Duck fans, a lot of my followers and listeners were kind of wondering, hey, what's next? Where, where are the commits at? That was the biggest recruiting weekend possibly in program history. And uh, not much had happened, but uh, Obadegu announces his commitment to the Ducks on Sunday. And uh, that's some big news for this program. And uh, I woke up to that news, so I was kind of rubbing rubbing my eyes a little bit and then I saw the news come down so had to had to get on it and, and start uh, covering the commitment so let's talk a little bit about Ify Obadegwu as a prospect right I think that the first thing that kind of pops off is where he plays his high school football uh, St. Francis Academy is a national powerhouse program when it comes to high school football really up in that upper echelon the who's who of high school football uh, you know, here in the U.S., really, I mean, they're in the same company, same conversation, really, as, you know, uh, St. John Bosco and Bellflower, California, uh, Modern Day in Santa Ana, California, Duncanville and Duncanville, Texas, um, and then IMG Academy, too, uh, out there in Bradenton, Florida. So the Ducks are getting a corner that has been playing his high school football at an incredibly high level. Um, and, you know, if he has really, you know, developed himself into one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Uh, so just to speak to his game a little bit, I was watching some of his highlights earlier today. I, I think I really like, um, I really like where he's at as far as his technique in pass coverage. Uh, I like the, I like his hand placement and the way that he kind of you know, breaks on balls and, and is physical with his, uh, with his receiver that he's covering. So I think I like his feel for the game too, seems to be in the right place at the right time, uh, a good amount. And he's also a disruptive defensive back, which I think adds more value to this commitment for Oregon, right? Whether he's intercepting passes or, or he's forcing fumbles, he's, he's very involved, you know, from play to play. And he's not afraid to come down and run support and, and lay a hit on somebody um, so he also has that physical aspect to his game, which I think you always want, you know, especially in your defensive backs, um, which is an area that Oregon has been working to improve quite a bit, uh, especially after the 2022 season. You know, you had Christian Gonzalez locking things down on one side of the field, but the rest of that room was not a question mark, but you could see, you could tell that there was a, a sizable gap between Christian Gonzalez and the rest of the corners 
at Oregon. So you want to make sure that you're getting high level guys, physical guys that are going to help you just take that cornerback room and the Oregon secondary to the next level. And if Yobudegwu also kind of just fits the mold of the cornerbacks that Dan Lanning likes to recruit since he's come to Oregon, right? You know, Christian Gonzalez is the perfect example of that. He's fast. He's got length. He's got ball skills, uh, elite in coverage. And we're seeing, we saw Oregon do that a little bit in the 2023 recruiting class, right? With, with guys like Dalen Austin, the, the Under Armour All-American corner from Long Beach Poly, formerly committed to LSU. The Ducks flipped him from the Tigers during the early signing period in December. He's not even with Oregon yet um, in uh, at school. He's not enrolled yet, but he's going to be a big name to watch here. Ducks already had a number of corners in Cole Martin and Solomon Davis that enrolled early to go through spring practice with the Ducks. And Cole Martin was one of my uh, top performers, top standouts from that spring game. Um, and then you also have Roderick Pleasant coming in in the 2023 recruiting class from Gardena, California, Unipro Sarah. Ducks landed him over USC. Uh, so that was obviously a big development. And then you have Kyrie Jackson, who comes over from uh, Alabama as uh, you know another veteran defensive back at the cornerback spot. So I think that if Yobudegwu really just kind of fits the mold of the direction that Dan Lanning and Cole and, and uh, Demetrius Martin, excuse me, want to take this cornerback room. And I think this is a really big commitment too, just because of the the location, right? You know, getting a cross country guy is, is not something that's particularly easy when it comes to recruiting. And if he had 31 reported scholarship offers, so there were, everybody was going after this guy. Um, you know, we, we, I saw in the comments a little bit, uh, some of the other schools that were, that were involved here in their pursuit. And if he released the top seven back in February, that consisted of Oregon, Alabama, Maryland, Michigan, USC, Tennessee, and Ohio state. So a lot of those schools you know, particularly Michigan, Alabama, and Ohio State really have a good track record of producing elite defensive backs and just elite defensive prospects. So Oregon was committing with or competing with some of the best names in college football. So anytime you can land a guy over those schools like that that I just mentioned and um, landed at a position of need from all the way across the country, I think that just speaks volumes to where Oregon's at in terms of their recruiting image, we know that Oregon is a school that has to recruit nationally. You know, if you, if you assemble a team full of in-state Oregon products, um, you know, as cool as that is for, you know, Oregonians, it's not going to get it done in terms of just where this, this school and where this program wants to go. So if he becomes the first corner to commit to Dan Landing and the Ducks in the 2024 class, and the Ducks are going after some, some really big names at corner at every position, right? But to talk about corner a little bit and, and kind of peel back the curtain about some of the other names that they're going after, uh, I think Dakota Fields has to be one of the biggest names that you mentioned, has to be a name that you mentioned when you're talking about Oregon cornerback recruiting. He was teammates with Roger Pleasant at Gardena Unipero Sarah High School, and he's kind of the next up dude. He's kind of the bill, he's got the billing of the next elite defensive back to come out of Southern California. I've gotten to see him play a number of times in person, his combination of size and speed and then just uh playmaking ability, I think make him uh, a really, really valuable prospect 
and something interesting to to monitor here because maybe the Ducks go back to Southern California once again to get some more elite defensive backs in the fold here. Uh, I think the plan right now for me is to actually go out to the Sarah Showcase this coming week and check in with Dakota and kind of see where things are at in his recruitment. Uh, I think he's going to be cutting down his list pretty soon is what he told me when I saw him at the UA Next Camp in Mission Viejo. But a lot of big schools are going after Dakota Fields, including Oregon. But I think this one really has all the makings of an Oregon versus USC battle. And uh, you know that Lincoln Riley and that Trojan staff kind of emerged from the 2023 recruiting class with a sour taste in their mouth with, with the Ducks getting Dalen Austin, Roderick Pleasant, right in their backyard out there in Southern California. But I think a big reason that that happened is because this defense, this defensive recruiting staff at Oregon, you know, Dan Lanning, Tosh Lapoy, Demetrius Martin, Rashad Wadud, you have some heavy, heavy hitters, particularly in the state of California and Southern California. So the Ducks uh, have kind of laid the foundation there in previous classes, and it looks like they're trying to do that again. Um, no timeline just yet for Dakota, but Oregon is the 247 Sports Crystal Ball leader. I still feel like Oregon leads, but I think that USC might have made up some ground this uh, spring with a couple of trips out there. But Dakota Fields, got to be a big name that you're watching if you're looking at defensive back recruiting for Oregon here in the 2024 recruiting class. Other big names, you have uh, Bryce Scott, or no, sorry, Bryce West uh, out of the state of Ohio. Bryce West is a, a big-time corner out of Cleveland, Ohio, Glenville High School. Um, he's a top 50 recruit nationally, 30-plus offers. Uh, he's He's been out to Oregon for a, a visit recently, but I think that uh, Ohio State looks like they're the perceived leader right now in, in that recruitment, at least on the 247 Sports Crystal Ball. So that's a name to know, but not necessarily a guy that I think Oregon necessarily has a great shot at right now. I don't know why I'm saying necessarily so many times, but Bryce West, big time corner in 2024 out of Ohio. He's a name to know for Oregon. And then another corner staying in the state of Ohio is Aaron Scott out of Springfield High School. Uh, he's another big name. He was in Eugene last week to get a chance to see some Oregon spring practice. Uh, unfortunately for the Ducks, he didn't stay uh, through the spring game. But uh, some of the buzz coming out of that visit is that Oregon made a really good impression, you know, as you would expect. You know, when does Oregon not make a good impression? But I think that the the impression there is that they're going to be contenders in this recruitment. And again, if you're going into Ohio, you've got to be expecting to contend with Ryan Day and the Buckeyes because Ohio is really, a, I don't know if I'd say an under-the-radar state, but I, I don't know. I feel like I don't hear a whole lot about Ohio recruits, and then I end up seeing them commit to Ohio State, and that's when I'm reading about them. So case in point, Ryan Day and that Buckeye staff are not going to let the top in-state prospects out of the state without a fight. So expect Oregon to have some really, really good competition there for two guys in Bryce West and Aaron Scott. Uh, another name that you've got to keep an eye on for Oregon at the defensive back spot at cornerback is Zabian Brown out of Santa Ana Modern Day High School. He's working from a top four right now. So he's looking a little bit uh, a little, like he's a little bit closer to winding down his process. Um, I can't remember the last time I spoke to him, what he said about a decision timeline, but you know, that's another guy that I've been able to see a number of times out in Southern California in person. And he's working from a top four of Oregon, USC, Ohio state, and Alabama. 
the most recent updates that we have right now on Zabian Brown here in the 2024 recruiting class is that he has set a couple of his official visits. And I believe Oregon has an official visit uh, with him on July 1st, which I think is the last of his official visits. But you never know what's going to happen in recruiting. You know, there's there's a kind of unlimited official visits now starting in July that recruits can take, which important to note, recruits can take as many uh, official visits as they want now, but that doesn't mean that the programs, the schools have more official visits to use. They're not having more official visits allotted to them. So there's a lot going on right now with uh, cornerback recruiting, but those are some of the biggest names that you need to know. I think another one that that is worth a mention is uh, Mario Buford out of DeSoto High School in DeSoto, Texas. Uh, that's a school that Oregon has a little bit of history at now, right? You you recruited 2022 wide receiver Stephon Johnson out of DeSoto. I got to fly out to Texas to see him in person, and that was an awesome experience. I got to get back out to the state of Texas, get out to DeSoto, Duncanville, uh, you know, schools like that. Um, but he ended up flipping his commitment uh, to o- Oklahoma State. But the point there is that Oregon has recruited at DeSoto before. So with him on campus recently for the spring game, maybe they were able to make up some ground on schools like Nebraska in that recruitment. They're the 247 Sports Crystal Ball leader right now. Really excited to see what Matt Rule can do uh, out there in Lincoln in his first full recruiting cycle with the Cornhuskers. Maybe they're able to get Dylan Rayola. That'd be a massive statement on the recruiting trail uh, in, in year one. So I think those are the those are all the big names that you have to know uh, at cornerback for Oregon now that um, now that Ify Obadegu is in the fold. So that's a heck of a way to start your 2024 cornerback haul if you're Demetrius Martin and. I mean, maybe this is a good opportunity to just take a step back for a second and just look at the job that Demetrius Martin, the cornerbacks coach for the Ducks, has done since joining this staff. And I feel like I've said it before, but it bears repeating. I really think that this was just a case of things all aligning so perfectly for Oregon from a coaching staff standpoint, because Demetrius Martin, if you've been a college football fan for a while, an Oregon fan, a Pac-12 fan, He is one of the best in the business when it comes to developing. Um, He has a long track record of coaching at uh, a couple of Pac-12 stops. I think he's coached at almost half of the Pac-12 schools. I think he's coached at at Arizona, Colorado, obviously, um, UCLA. I think he was over there. Um, But all that to say, you know, he has really built up some really solid experience as a coach. And then, when you see him get to Oregon, what a level up this guy has done. I mean, now he has the the brand that Oregon O behind him, and he took that and he just ran, man. He has been lighting the recruiting trail on fire since he got to Oregon. Uh, he got to Oregon, and the first thing he did was he said, hey, that guy, that guy Christian Gonzalez who played for me at Colorado, I think he was pretty solid. Let's see if he wants to join me over at Oregon. And – Gonzo came to Oregon and crushed it. Um, and he became a first round pick was drafted by the new England Patriots with the 17th overall pick. And, uh, that's a good fit for him, you know, really solid franchise there out in, in Foxborough, maybe not the best, you know, a couple of seasons recently, but that's a pretty good pro, uh, pretty good franchise. And, um, 
you know, I've seen all my mentions on, on social media and in, on Twitter when I kind of hype up Demetrius Martin for the work that he's done and Christian Gonzalez, they'll, they'll just say, well, he came from Colorado, but who developed that guy? Demetrius Martin did. Uh, Demetrius Martin developed him at Colorado, picked up right where he left off at Oregon, and he's kind of the crown jewel, at least as of right now, another first round draft pick for Demetrius Martin and the Ducks, uh, which is going to only help them down the road, seeing that a lot of recruits, what's the big thing that they're looking for? Development at the next level. If I go to your school, can I get to the NFL? What's the trajectory? What's your track record? What's what's uh, your coaching pedigree? Uh, the DB pedigree, yee yee, as, as he likes to say. Um, that's kind of his thing. But Christian Gonzalez was a huge recruiting win for Demetrius Martin in the 2023 transfer portal. Sorry, 2022 uh, transfer 2022 transfer portal cycle. Um, and then he's landed a couple of other guys. You know, Cole Martin, his son, he was an Adidas All-American out of Basha High School out there in Chandler, Arizona. He got him in the fold. Obviously, you would think that's, you know, an easier job, quote, unquote. Um, but Louisville gave them a push, uh, gave Oregon a run for their money towards the end. But that's obviously a very unique opportunity to, to be able to play for your dad uh, at the college level. You get Dalen Austin, who was an Under Armour All-American. You get Roderick Pleasant, who was an Under Armour All-American. Uh, you're able to get Jaleel Florence back into the fold. I mean, that might be a recruiting win that has flown under the radar a little bit because Jaleel Florence uh, had been kind of a longtime Oregon commit. And then um, during the coaching uncertainty and then the coaching transition, when Mario Cristobal left, he decided to reopen his recruitment. And uh, who came on strong in that one? USC kind of whittled it down again to a final two of Oregon and USC. And then he wanted to stay in Eugene, ended up recommitting to Oregon. You guys probably know the story. Dan Lanning gets on the phone with Jaleel Florence after winning a national title with Georgia. And uh, says, "Hey, man, I just won a national championship with with the Bulldogs. I wanna, I can't wait to be in Eugene, and I want you to kind of be a part of what I have building next. Let's go win a national championship together." Um, so he gets back in the fold, and then he's able to, um, you know, they're able to hang on to him more or less, right? Through through this crazy, crazy transfer portal season, uh, his team, his high school teammate out of San Diego Lincoln, um, Jaleel Tucker also committed to Oregon and played a played one year with the ducks, but, but redshirted and then has since entered the transfer portal. Um, so the fact that he's, he got back in the fold and he's kind of projecting to be uh, a big piece of this defense next year. I think that that's super valuable too. You know, it's not only now where we're at in college football, it's not only about uh, evaluating talent, recruiting the talent, acquiring the talent, but there's another bullet there, retention, retaining the talent. That is a new wrinkle in today's era of college football with the transfer portal being as volatile as it is. Um, anything can change, you know, your whole season can change, uh, you know, in, in a matter of minutes, days, just because, you know, you can have so much roster churn. So you also have Solomon Davis and uh, Colin Gill in the 2023 recruiting class, Colin Gill, uh, is, is not at Oregon yet, but Solomon Davis was able to join the Ducks for spring practice. And we've heard so many coaches talk every year just about the value of getting to, to campus early and going through spring practice. Dan Lanning called it like you're almost getting an extra year, like a red shirt for that spring. So uh, really important that the Ducks got a couple, uh, a couple of other corners in here early. And then they also got Kyrie Jackson out of uh, Alabama, former Alabama cornerback. Um, 
also originally from Maryland. So if he's going to have another Maryland native on the team in Kyrie Jackson and the early return on the, on Kyrie Jackson has been great coming out of spring practice. Uh, Demetrius Martin was saying that, you know, this isn't a free agent friendly defense, but Kyrie Jackson has been doing pretty well because of the, the carryover and the similarities in scheme and system between Bama and Oregon. So I say all that to say it kind of became a big tangent, but Demetrius Martin got to Oregon at just the perfect time for the Ducks, for Dan Lanning. And uh, I mean, he's he's uh, really, really making a tremendous impact on this program and uh, really carrying his weight as a recruiter. You know, I, I saw the comment. He, he was named the 247 Sports Pac-12 Recruiter of the Year. I named all those corners, but you know he was involved with other SoCal guys like Mateo Uyunglele. That was another guy that um, the Ducks got out of California, Southern California, which is, you know, his his hot spot. Uh, and then you also got Lipe Moala out of modern day Santa Ana. It's another Southern California guy. So Oregon set up shop in Southern California. And the point we're making is that Demetrius Martin has played a massive role in Oregon's recruiting dominance on the trail in Southern California. I'm not sipping on a Snapple today. Unfortunately, you know, I got home and my mom had one Snapple and I had it on the first day and Snapple's hard to find. So not sponsored by Snapple yet, but Snapple, if you're watching or if any of you viewers know how to get me in a meeting with Snapple, would love to get Snapple to sponsor the podcast, but I'm drinking in Arizona, which is also very nice. So let's see what else we got here. Uh, we talked about iffy we talked about the cornerbacks um here's another one that i think a lot of people would be excited to hear about michael van buren now why am i talking about michael van buren well he's the biggest quarterback still uncommitted that the ducks are going after here in the 2024 recruiting class and he also attends st francis academy in baltimore with iffy the newest Oregon commit here in 2024 and um, the Ducks already have Luke Moga in the fold here out of Arizona, like I mentioned. Um, so I think that that's huge. Um, you just have another guy um, that can recruit Van Buren. You know, you can get him on FaceTime. You can call him as much as you want. But but this is a guy who's going through classes with, with Van Buren, going through camps, going through uh, practice and you know he can just kind of be in his ear. I think that it's just a different dynamic when you have commits go from recruit to recruiter, but they also look at the recruiting process in a different way. I think that recruits don't feel the the pressure that they maybe do from coaches when you have someone that's your age, you know, one of your peers going in and, and talking to you about, hey man, this is why I committed to Oregon or whatever school it is, but you know, Obviously, we cover the Ducks on this channel and this podcast. So I was like, hey, this is kind of why I committed to Oregon. This is what I saw. This is what my family saw. If uh, we go to Oregon together, you know, you'll have another guy from, from Baltimore uh, right there with you from the DMV area. So I think that that's another an important dynamic with it. Is it going to make or break this recruitment? No, I don't, I don't think so. But it's just another feather in Oregon's cap. Uh, you know, to help in their pitch to, to Michael Van Buren, because it's, it's not very often that you see schools take two quarterbacks necessarily. Oregon hasn't done it in four years. Uh, if you just look at recruiting cycle history uh, in 2020, when they signed Butters and uh, Robbie Ashford now at San Jose state and Auburn respectively, but this commitment just uh, makes it 
that much more likely that the Ducks could very well end up landing a commitment for Michael Van Buren. He was on campus twice last month, um, you know, first for an unofficial visit. And then second, he came back for another unofficial visit and for that spring game and to throw in the Elite 11, which had a Eugene regional. And I think that the value of that event for Oregon recruiting is kind of flying under the radar because you had guys that were at that event, major Oregon targets, Jeremiah McClellan. Uh, he was a St. Louis wide receiver. He was out for that visit for that camp and uh, visited Oregon. And now he's probably going to take an official visit to Oregon. He had uh, Braden Platt, who's a big time linebacker out of uh, Yelm, Washington. He's visited Oregon numerous times. He was at the elite 11 um, and uh, continues to be impressed by Oregon. So that was really big to, to have more guys. You kind of, you already had the spring game to kind of bring them out and draw them to Eugene, but it's like, Hey, we, now we have a national recruiting camp uh, in the elite 11. You know, if you want to go to that, you can come stop by and, and, and say hi to us, check us out and then go to that the next day. So that's another important point that I haven't seen, you know, mentioned maybe too much, um, but that's big. So, you know, Michael Van Buren is, Definitely someone worth talking about here because that's the next big name that the Ducks want at quarterback in this class. And um, it, it, again, just feels like um, everything's falling in place for, for Oregon to, to get Michael Van Buren, who's working from a top three of Oregon, Penn State, Maryland. I uh, believe he has an official visit scheduled to Eugene, but I don't know what the date is yet. Trying to get an interview with him, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. So I had to mention that point, the fact that the Ducks now have their own recruiter in Baltimore. Um, to, to help pitch the Ducks to Michael Van Buren, but had to had to mention that one for sure. Uh, what else do we have? We could also talk about, it's so funny, guys, because I'm doing this entire show just off, off the dome. I, I didn't have any notes for this, really. I wrote a couple stories earlier today, so I'm drawing from that, but if it's kind of uh, unorganized, that might be why. Uh, but we could talk about Oregon's recruiting efforts in the DMV, which stands for, uh, you know, District of Columbia, I think, you know, D.C. area, Maryland and Virginia. Uh, the Ducks really started to attack this area last cycle, right, with Colin Gill out of St. John's College in Washington, D.C. Uh, and then they also were, you know, there right till the very end for Nicholas Harper. Uh, Nicholas Harbor, excuse me, out of uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, Carol Day, I think, is, is, is what his school was. So they were right in the thick of it till the end for him. And then now you see Ify Obudeglu uh, help build that DMV pipeline. Damon Davids, also from the DMV, a safety that committed to Oregon in 2021, who's still in Eugene. You had Dante Thornton, who transferred um, to um, Tennessee this offseason, but he committed to Oregon from the DMV area. And then another really big name in the 2024 class, the big name in the 2024 class out of the DMV is Dylan Stewart out of Washington, Washington, D.C., uh, Friendship Collegiate Academy. Let's go. Um, yeah, that's where he's at, Washington, D.C., Friendship Collegiate Academy. And, I mean, look at the look at the ratings on this guy and the rankings. A five-star recruit on the 247 Sports Composite, number 10 recruit in the country, number two edge rusher, and the number one player in the D.C. area. 35 reported scholarship offers. He made it out to Eugene for the spring game and the ducks made a really good impression in that visit as well. And uh, they looked like they kind of solidified themselves to, to have a, to have a say in that recruitment, which features some huge names. You got Alabama, South Carolina, 
Ohio State, Georgia, all in the mix with Dylan Stewart, but he is another big time recruit out of the DMV area and Oregon continues to prioritize that area. Um, and it's not an easy thing to do, right? You know, getting recruits to come from all the way across the country to play in Eugene, it's um, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. So it's just uh, another testament to the work that the Ducks coaching staff is doing in the DMV area. And, um, you know, Dylan Stewart is another testament to the elite, the elite caliber of talent that the Ducks are going after um, along the defensive line. I think that that is such a, you know, point that I keep coming back to here is that Dan Lanning is trying to build that SEC caliber defense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. He's doing it in the trenches a little bit. You know, you get you get Jordan Birch from South Carolina this past year. You get Mateo Uyunglele, guys like that. Some really big bodies out of the state of Texas and Terrence Green, Ashton Porter. You know, the list goes on. But now he's tasked with one-upping himself in 2024, and that's exactly what he's trying to do. You know, I, I don't know how this guy sleeps. Um, not, I don't know how he sleeps, but I feel like he doesn't sleep because he's constantly, constantly recruiting. Recruiting doesn't stop TJ Lindsay from Bryant, Arkansas. He's a big time defensive lineman whose stock just absolutely took off after the national combine in, in San Antonio, where I saw him for the first time in January. And now he tells me that the ducks are toward the top for him and his recruitment. So there's so many guys, Elijah rushing is another one that you have to mention. 
Um, but to kind of wrap up this point on the DMV, um, you also have another big time running back in Dijon uh, Riggs out of St. John's College. Dijon Riggs out of St. John's College in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, he's a little bit of a lower lower rated recruit, six foot, 200 pounds, though. He's been out to Oregon this year. Uh, he's a three star in the 247 sports composite, but I think he's a, a really good looking running back. Really has that physical brand of football that Carlos Lachlan looks for in his backs. But, you know, in terms of running backs, you know what the picture is. Um, you have Nate Frazier out of modern day. Talked about that guy a million times, but that is the target for Oregon at running back. You also have Jason Brown Jr. out of Seattle O'Day. Uh, you also have Christian Clark out of Phoenix Mountain Point. So that Arizona pipeline is also coming into effect and uh, is definitely, you know, worth a mention there. Uh, so DMV, another another pipeline that this Dan Lanning staff is, is working on setting up. And so far, so good. I mean, what more can you really say? Let's see what else we have here. Let's kind of zoom out now and look at Oregon's 2024 recruiting class and where they're at now that Ifi Obadegwu has committed to Oregon. So Ifi Obadegwu is the 11th commit for Dan Lanning and the Ducks here in the 2024 recruiting class. He is the new headliner, like I mentioned, just narrowly edging out Jordan Anderson, but he's the first cornerback to commit in this class. Uh, and then you also have a blue chip safety in Aaron Flowers out of Forney, Texas. He committed last month. And then you have Tyser Denmark, who committed right around Thanksgiving. Fox Crater, big-time offensive line, offensive lineman out of Vancouver, Washington, Evergreen High School. He's a four-star guy that the Ducks are going to need to battle to hang on to. Jackson Jones, edge rusher out of Yuma Catholic in Arizona. Tioni Gray, big-time six-foot-six, 295-pound defensive lineman out of Hazelwood Central in Missouri, Dan Landing's home state, staying active there. Uh, A.J. Pugliano out of North Medford, he's a tight end. Luke Moga, 2024 quarterback out of Arizona. And then you round out the class with Trent Ferguson, uh, offensive tackle out of West Salem here uh, or out in the in-state in Oregon. And then tight end Jackson Ford out of Melissa, Texas. So Oregon's national recruiting brand is on full display once again. Um, I don't know if they have the, I don't think 247 has the average commit rating anymore, or maybe I could be wrong. Okay, no, they do. They do. Um, so yeah, Oregon now has the number 10 class in the country, according to the 247 sports rankings, trailing a couple schools like Tennessee, South Carolina, and Florida State. Oregon is way up the recruiting rankings in terms of the Pac-12 picture. The next closest team in the Pac-12 recruiting rankings is Colorado at 46, but they only have four commits. Uh, oh, sorry, you also have Arizona um, at number 38 with five commits. So Arizona, let me scroll a little bit more to make sure I'm not missing this. Arizona is the next Pac-12 school in the recruiting rankings behind Oregon. Jed Fish bringing in some nice talent out there to Tucson. Um, so yeah, you got Arizona at 38, Colorado at 46, and USC at number 50. Um, and I think a lot of my, a lot of my, um, yeah, I don't, maybe the two, four, seven rankings haven't updated today. I'm just going off of my, um, 
my list right now. Maybe it is number seven. Um, so we just got to see when those rankings get refreshed and when we can go ahead. And uh, I think we're going to publish an updated ranking story to see where the Ducks are at. But I like to use 247 and I, maybe they're maybe they're just a little bit um, maybe they're just a little bit behind. Um, oh, Fatty Matty Medford, what what? Um, yeah, so Medford's got Medford's got uh, a little bit of a place in Oregon's 2024 recruiting class with AJ Pugliano. He was, I think, he was the first guy to commit to Oregon in this 2024 class. I'm pretty confident that he was, so that's cool. But I've seen a lot of people in my comments talking about how you know USC is way behind in recruiting, but I, I think part of that is because Lincoln Riley is prioritizing the transfer portal, and it's a risk. But so is I, I just think that you've got to find a balance of high school guys and um, transfer portal recruits. The It is worth mentioning, since we're just talking about the Pac-12 picture, um, USC did add uh, a couple of new commits today. Um, one of them from the transfer portal, Georgia Tech transfer, Traquan Fegans committed to the Trojans earlier today. Georgia Tech transfer, oh, Georgia Tech transfer target. Sorry, Traquan Fegans was a cornerback from Alabama. Let me slow down. Sorry. USC landed a commit from cornerback transfer uh, Traquan Fegans out of Alabama. And then his younger brother uh, also committed to USC. Um, I think he's a younger 2025 defensive back, elite 2025 defensive back, Anquan Fegans. I followed in his brother's footsteps, committing to USC on Sunday as well. Um, so... You're seeing USC making some noise in the transfer portal. They added Bear Bryant this offseason from Georgia. They added Anthony Lucas this offseason from Texas A&M. He was a former Oregon target, but they're really living in the portal right now. Uh, so it's an interesting strategy, and you're you're rolling the dice, right? You're rolling the dice, absolutely. Um, Dennis Mackey with uh, a comment here. Michigan is crushing on the recruiting trail. That is absolutely factual. Uh, Michigan getting another commitment uh, today to solidify themselves again atop the number one spot on the the 2024 class rankings. I think they got a wide receiver, I want to say. I'm looking at their page right now, and I don't know if he's been added just yet. Um, but I think it was another guy from Providence Day um, let me see here what we got. Um, who else did Michigan get? Uh, Channing Goodwin. Channing Goodwin is the latest commit for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines here in the 2024 recruiting class out of Charlotte, North Carolina, Providence Day School. Three-star guy. But uh, I think it's interesting to look at what Michigan is doing because they're a school that has been pretty adamant about not really leaning into the NIL space and kind of just taking a more traditional uh, approach on the recruiting trail, um, you know, with uh, their extensive alumni, you know, a great academic institution, the, the history that they have there. Um, I think that Michigan is a really fun school to follow on the recruiting trail, uh, obviously holding a commitment from the top quarterback in the country in Jaden Davis, or number four quarterback in the country, but one of the truly elite signal callers here in 2024, and Jaden Davis, who also attends Goodwin's uh, same school, Providence Day School, also got a commit from a top tight end, Brady Brady Pryscorn from Rochester, Michigan. 
uh, last month and Jordan Marshall out of the state of Ohio. So the, the Wolverines going into Buckeye territory to grab a running back. The, the Wolverines also got Blake Frazier, an offensive tackle from Austin, Texas, that the Ducks were going after at one point. So we're seeing a little bit of overlap here between Michigan and, and Oregon on the recruiting trail. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely some interesting developments there to, to follow uh, on the recruiting trail. But, yeah, just a reminder, guys, if you're here live on YouTube, appreciate you guys stopping by and, and hanging out to talk some Duck football with me. Do me a favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the notification bell so you don't miss out on future live streams like this. Uh, I've really been ramping up the coverage lately, and I think that Oregon is probably in the midst of a pretty big run on the recruiting trail in 2024, so you don't want to miss out here, and you don't want to miss out on DucksDigest.com. So make sure to get those comments and questions in if you guys have any. I think I'm also going to talk about now what's next for Oregon. Um, what's next for Oregon in the on the recruiting trail? I think the next big name that you have to look at on the recruiting trail for Oregon is Gary Bryant. Gary Bryant Jr., the former USC wide receiver, uh, looks like he's going to be announcing his commitment next Saturday, May 13th. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to kind of work on the details there to see if uh, I'm going to be able to go cover that commitment out in Riverside. I think that the Ducks are in a really good spot to potentially add Gary Bryant Jr., but you have some competition like Texas A&M and Miami. I think those are the other main schools, but really Oregon and Texas A&M are the two schools that are mentioned the most right now with Gary Bryant Jr., who was recruited by Junior Adams, Oregon's wide receiver coach, out of high school when he was still at Washington, and Bryant was giving the Huskies a pretty hard look so I know that they have a good relationship together. Um, but the interesting thing here with Gary Bryant Jr. is just the wide receiver position at Oregon. Pretty crowded room, at least right now, you know. Maybe we don't know exactly what the depth chart is going to look like, but you got Troy Franklin. You know, he's your headliner, your number one guy, probably a first-round pick next year if everything goes according to plan. Then you have Treshawn Holden, who comes in from Alabama. He looked great in the spring game. You also have... Tez Johnson, who, excuse me, who uh, transferred in from Troy. He also looked great in the spring game. He probably had the highlight of the spring game. Um, Tez Johnson did. He's a burner. He's a shifty guy. Um, you also have Chris Hudson in that room. Kyler Casper, six foot six wide receiver who came out of Arizona. Super excited to see what's in store for him. Um, and then you also have uh, Ashton Kozar and Jurion Dickey pair of all Americans that junior Adams signed in the 2023 class. And it's important to note, I might have a story out later today, but Jurion Dickey is recovering from an injury that cut his season short, his senior season short. So he was back out running routes and kind of going through some drills, but that, that combined with his late arrival, late arrival uh, at Oregon, you know, not enrolling early could potentially delay, you know, his impact. And when we actually see him on the field for the ducks, um, you know, incredibly gifted player, uh, you know, as physical a wide receiver as you'll find, you know, 6'2", 6'3", uh, 215 pounds, just as low as well. Um, I think that that's uh, a guy that you have to watch out for, uh, Justice Lowe. Um, so that's someone, I, Justice Lowe looked really good in that spring game. Um, you know, he almost had that pass from, um, from uh, Dante, Mayer. he almost caught a pass when Dante Manning was in coverage. So 
um, that's that's pretty big um, in terms of just that receiver room. Um, look at this. We got a super chat from Eric. Quack, quack, quack. Uh, Eric is a, a, a very frequent listener and viewer here on the channel. Uh, so greatly appreciate the donation there uh, and the super chat. Always love to get the super chats from you guys. You know, uh, I like to think that I cover this at a, at a high level and, you know, some donations like this help me get on the road to cover recruits and sometimes hop on a plane and, and they'll fly, fly over the country to, to check them out. So thank you very much for the, the super chat there, Eric. Greatly appreciate your support and hope you keep coming back for a long time. Uh, Dennis says, Max, I'm kind of in your camp on the wide receiver room. Uh, oh, he says, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a position of need for us. Yeah, I don't know if it is. I mean, you, you lost a lot of guys from the wide receiver spot last year. Um, when Dante Thornton hit the portal, Seven McGee hit the portal, Isaiah Brevard, Isaiah Crocker. I think Isaiah Crocker committed to Akron, I want to say, I think. Um, but I have to, I have to double check. Um, but you know, Gary Bryant isn't the only name that we're tracking right now in the transfer portal at wide receiver for Oregon because Will Stein's top wide receiver, Zachary Franklin, hit the transfer portal. Uh, just a little bit over a week ago, he had back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, caught more than 90 passes in 2022, and um, I, I don't know, I don't know, kind of where Oregon holds both of these guys. You know, do they maybe favor Bryant because they've been recruiting him longer? Do they maybe favor Franklin because he has that familiarity with Will Stein? Um, the Ducks also have Antonio Parks on their recruiting staff as an offensive analyst who is working with the wide receivers. He was at UTSA with Will Stein. So I think that Franklin's production makes him a little bit more of a priority in my opinion, but you also have the long game with Gary Bryant and Oregon's finally under the 85 scholarship count. So they're at, I think 82 right now. And uh, they might be able to, uh, might be able to, I think they'll probably end up adding one of these guys. Um, we will have to see. So I don't know if wide receiver is a position of need for Oregon. And then they also um, have reportedly expressed interest in Taiwan Malone, um, the Ole Miss defensive line transfer. And I don't think that there's necessarily a, a connection there, but you obviously have Jaworski Beckham, Wilson Love, Tyshin Johnson, who committed to Oregon from Ole Miss. So maybe that gives them a little bit of a shot there. Maybe you go two for two at Ole Miss in the transfer portal after bringing in Taishim, but Taiwan Malone's another six foot four, three hundred pound defensive lineman, and who wouldn't want more of those on your defensive line? But I'm not sure if that if wide receiver is a position of need for Oregon. But all that to say, I think they're in a good spot to get Gary Bryant Jr. or Zakari Franklin. I think you can make the case for both of them about why they would be good additions and why Oregon probably has a realistic shot at both of them. So really interesting to kind of follow Oregon's wide receiver recruiting here after they crushed it in 23. They're doing really well in 24. And, um, you know, adding pieces kind of late before the season is is definitely a, an interesting wrinkle. So we'll have to keep tracking all of it. You know, I'm going to keep you guys updated on that. Richard Porter says, I see the past defense improving. Probably talking about the spring game. I thought that was one of the biggest takeaways from Oregon's spring game was that the DBs just looked much improved. Um, I think that I think that the defensive backs just looked like they were in the right spot uh, for a lot of 
that game. They were playing physical. He had some good pass breakups, no interceptions. There were a couple of near interceptions in that game, but I really liked what we saw from the past defense. And I think part of that has to do with the improved pass rush with guys like Jordan Birch, Mace Funa, Mateo Uyunglele, Brandon Dorless, Casey Rogers. You know, there's a lot of good pieces there that can help get after the quarterback And the entire 2023 20, recruiting class. Isn't even there yet. Johnny Bowens is a guy you got to watch out for along the D line from the 23 class. He was an Adidas all American Ashton Porter, who I've already mentioned. He's not there yet, but he's also coming out of the state of Texas. So it's, it's not too much of a surprise to the past defense improving, especially with some of the guys that have been at Oregon for a while now, right? You have Dante Manning. He's been at Oregon for a while. I think that, you know, this is kind of a, a, a put up or shut up year, I think is what he was saying um, in spring football this year. And then you also have Triquez Bridges, um, who looks like he's getting more comfortable. And I think that he's probably going to have a, a good year. Kyrie Jackson there at corner. And then look at the safety room. You got Bennett, Bennett's younger brother, Evan, uh, coming over from Fresno State. Taishim Johnson comes over from Ole Miss. Uh, and then you also have Steve Stevens, the fourth, who's played a lot of football for you. So you have some good experience there. Uh, Brian Addison is another really talented safety that I like. So I'm, I'm feeling better about the depth that Oregon has in that secondary. Jalil Florence is another guy that you got to give a mention to. He looked good in the spring game with a couple of pass breakups, and he looks like he he really um, really has taken a lot from his first year with the Ducks playing college football. So uh, a lot of good signs for Oregon's defense. Joshua Johnson says the level of competitiveness has risen. To me, it's just an overall team mentality change. Yeah, I think I think that uh, that's kind of what I saw too. You know, I was in Eugene. Um, you know, for, for spring practice last year, made it to a couple games, but, you know, obviously moved to Southern California. So I haven't been able to be around the team as much, but I think that is kind of what you're seeing. And it's a good sign, obviously. Um, I think that you're seeing some of this because Lanning's culture is taking hold on the program from year one to year two in Eugene. I think that's kind of a, a jump, a leap that you would expect to see. Uh, in, a, in a head coach and obviously the team's going to take on his persona and, and his mentality and his approach to things. Um, and it's good to see. Um, I think that there was a lot of physicality in that spring game and uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen from that, uh, that, that offense under Will Stein and his first year after, after coming over from UTSA and, you know, hard to imagine a better situation for Will Stein to walk into. You got Bo Nix, one of the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12, probably going to play himself into the Heisman conversation if he can mirror what he did last year. Um, great running backs and Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington. Good offensive line. You got to you gotta fill some holes there after losing a bunch of guys from last year, but you're not starting from scratch and you bring in a couple of transfers with the Johnny Cornelius and Junior Angelau. Really good wide receivers uh, with Troy Franklin and Treshawn Holden and Tez Johnson. Pretty good tight ends with, with Terrence Ferguson. I think that room's looking a little thinner than you'd ideally want in a perfect world. But you got Terrence Ferguson. He's banged up right now, but you know what you have in him. Uh, Patrick Herbert had a good year last year. First year healthy at Oregon. That's important. Kenyon Sadiq, I'm hearing that he's going to be a dude once he kind of you know puts on more weight and gets uh, more comfortable in that offense. But he looked good in the freshman game or in the spring game. And uh, had a couple drops, but I think that that's, uh, you know, something that, to, that's maybe expected. 
And then you add Casey Kelly uh, from the transfer portal from Ole Miss, maybe more of a run blocking guy than a pass catching guy, but that's an experienced guy and some veteran experience that you need to add in your room. And then the Ducks also made a, an important and uh, intriguing offer in the transfer portal this weekend at the tight end spot, um, which is interesting and maybe a little bit maybe a little bit unexpected, seeing that they already added a portal tight end to extend an offer to. I think I'm hope, hopefully I say this right. Seydou Traore, he kind of had an interesting story. Played at Arkansas State for two years, transferred to Colorado, went through spring ball with the Buffs, and then re-entered the transfer portal. He's got a lot of offers, a lot of schools coming after him, but maybe the Ducks want another tight end. I mean, why else would you offer a guy? So a lot of interesting storylines there with the Wolstein offense. But yeah, to Joshua's comment, the level of competitiveness rising, going from good to great, that's been a mantra that we've heard all throughout spring practice. And I think that Oregon's in a good position to do just that after another successful spring ball. Second one under Dan Lanning. First full offseason for a lot of these uh, 2022 recruits that the Ducks um, added. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's an interesting comment. Another one from Dennis. I hate to say this about an ex-Duck, and I do appreciate the contribution from his entire family. However, whomever we start at Noah Sewell's position should be an upgrade. That's an interesting uh, perspective to take. Um, and I can kind of see why you would say that, Dennis. I think that you know, Noah set the bar incredibly high for himself and for that linebacker room, uh, really since he, you know, started as a true freshman, you know, it took him a couple games. I think his first game that he started was against Washington state. Um, but he led the team, he led the team in tackles in 2020 in 2021. Uh, but he did regress a little bit, uh, in, in 2022 in terms of his statistical production. And then, you know, his, his past coverage was never quite there, quite where he wanted it to be. Um, so I don't think that this is necessarily a hot take, uh, but he, you know, he did play some good football for Oregon, but 2022 wasn't necessarily his best year. And then you look at the guys that they bring in at that spot, Justin Jacobs from Iowa, I thought he looked good in the spring game. And there's been a lot of good things said about him with his coverage ability, his physicality, his ability to add a little bit to the, to uh, the defense with the pass rush. <clears throat> so I think he's a guy who could definitely have a big impact on this team moving forward. And then you have Connor Soley from Arizona state um, that, that you bring in, you have Jerry Mixon in that room, a 2023 linebacker that the Ducks signed out of the Bay area, Sacred Heart Cathedral in San Francisco. Um, and then you also have, um, you also have Devin Jackson in that room, who was a really, really quick, fast athletic linebacker out of Nebraska in the 2022 class. Um, so I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good pieces there. Sorry. My, my screen might've uh, got a little bit messed up there. Um, looks like I might've been lagging. So hopefully you guys can hear me. All right. But Justin Jacobs looks like he's going to be the guy at inside linebacker for Oregon. You also have Jeffrey Bassa, who's, uh, really looking comfortable at linebacker now after transitioning from safety a couple years ago. So I think that the linebacker room looks good. Um, and I'm excited to see what they can do. Up the SCO says MVB coming. I hope silent commits getting loud today. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that did they land anybody since I've been, since I've been live here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, let me know, but, um, let's see here. I think that, yeah, we talked a lot about Michael Van Buren, um, and just kind of what things would look like, uh, if they can, 
if they can get him in the fold, they would have both the quarterbacks that they wanted in the 2024 class, you know, a couple of different types of quarterbacks, you know, Luke Moga is your more athletic guy. Van Buren is your more polished quarterback, polished passer. So I think that if, if they're able to get him, he has a commitment date set for July 8th, I want to say. Um, so we'll see if um, we'll see if the Ducks are able to, you know, ultimately seal the deal there. And if he has any you know, flexibility with his commitment date, I think that's a recruitment that they would obviously love to add in this. That's a guy they would love to add in this 2024 class and a guy who would definitely have a lot of national pull, seeing that the Ducks are going after some big receivers still. Jeremiah McClellan, I mentioned. Ryan Pelham out of Long Beach Millican. Um, and then you also have Dylan Gresham out of San Jacinto in Southern California. Uh, I think that that is, is definitely a great group to be involved in. Uh, See me on the big screen asks, when do the ducks start camp talking about fall camp? We don't have an official date just yet. Um, I know that the next major media event is the Pac-12 media day, January or July 22nd. Uh, I think, or 21st, it's in, it's in July at some point, but don't think I'll be able to make that one. I'm going to be going on a vacation in July, uh, but Ducks probably start camp. Uh, I would think, you know, early to mid August would be my guess before, um, before the opener against Portland state. Um, my, one of my good buddies uh, who's in the chat here, Michael went to Portland state, go Vikes. So I had to give him a shout out. Uh, but yeah, Ducks start the season against Portland State and uh, fall camp should be, uh, you know, an interesting time to hopefully get some clarity on next year's roster for sure. Uh, Trello three, Trello one says, I see another corner looking like he is ready to commit from Sarah. Yeah, we talked about Dakota Fields earlier on in this episode. Um, Dakota Fields is looking like uh, Oregon's in an awesome spot for him. But like I mentioned, uh, I don't know when you joined the live stream Trello, but um, USC is really giving chase there in, in that recruitment. So it's not going to be an easy one. Uh, I've been reporting on Dakota for a while. He loves Oregon. And uh, I, I think that he could very well be a duck. Um, we got to see what happens um, on the trail here. If he, cause I think he's going to cut his list down and then probably announce a commitment date from there, take some OVs. But I think that he's, set his official visits to Oregon and USC so far. So love where the ducks are at with him and hopefully I'll get to see him at the Sarah showcase this week. Um, Eric says we take MVB in a transfer in the off season and let the competition play out. Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of where things are at right now with the quarterback room at Oregon. Um, I think that, um, I think for Oregon here at quarterback, it's an interesting position to recruit and to kind of watch the dominoes fall. And it's a position that sees a tremendous amount of movement just from a year to year basis. Right. So I think that you have Moga, you try to get Van Buren, and then you have both of those guys for 2024 and Novasad. And then you also have Ty Thompson, right? So he's kind of the projected starter right now, but I think depending on how he looks this season, then you'll know if you expect Oregon to go into the transfer portal again and kind of just evaluate where his progress is at after the 2023 season. Cause you know, there's probably going to be some big names in the portal. Uh, I know one of them that we've talked about recently was, was Malik Murphy. I'm not saying that he's going to transfer, but that's another SoCal guy. Oregon hasn't had the best luck with Southern California quarterbacks in terms of getting them uh, with, you know, DJU, uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, guys like that, uh, who are all from Southern California. Um, but 
I think that by the time the season ends, you'll have a much better sense of where you're at with the quarterback spot. And if you need to go for another guy in the portal, but I think you, you know, added the competition there. You want to bring in a proven guy who's got some production and has played some good football. Um, even if it isn't at Oregon before the 2024 college football season. Well, we have just passed the hour mark and I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Huge thank you to you guys for showing out here in the live chat and in the live stream. I love doing these. Sorry, I didn't have my uh, my better mic here with me today. If I pack that thing up, it's going to take like half my bag. Um, so I love doing these. Appreciate the support from you guys. Do me a favor. You know how it works. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Follow me on Twitter at mtorussports. Subscribe to my channel on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus. And then share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, with your family and with other Duck fans. That is a tremendous way to show some support, and I'm always trying to grow the Oregon football community that I have on my platforms here on the Ducks Dish podcast. So appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to talk some Ducks with me, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish podcast.